beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. This show is sponsored by my blog, 10 things to tell you. Yes, I'm sponsoring myself at the moment because if I don't believe in the work I'm doing here, who will? Today, I want to point you towards my blog, which you can find by going to 10thingstotellyou.com or 10thingstotellyou.com slash blog, because there is some new content up there. Recently, I've been writing a few different posts on the blog about our family trip to Europe this summer. I'm answering questions that I keep getting through DMs and email about how we planned for our Europe trip, about the kid-friendly activities and restaurants we all went to. All of that I'm doing in blog posts. I still love a good blog post. I think there is a slow resurgence of blogs happening, actually. And I still just find it to be a good medium for information and personal stories, Long live the personal blog, and I would like for you to visit mine at 10thingstotellyou.com slash blog. Besides the recent blog posts, you can always find 
the page with my favorite books of all time, or posts about the online challenges I host. There's just a lot of information on the site, so if you have a question about me or this show, a lot of it can be found on the website, which also features a blog. Okay, on to today's topic. I am asking, where are you? Now, this is not to be confused with the prompt, where do you live, back on episode three, although I do still love to hear people's thoughts on their hometown or their state. And as an aside, this is just a reminder that you can always go back and answer old prompts like that one from any of the challenges, any of these episodes. Just make sure that you tag the show or use the hashtag so that we will see it. But no, today... I am talking about something different. It's a different angle of where you are, not where are you in the world, but where are you in the journey? P.S. I do not care one whit that the word journey has become sort of an eye roll word because sometimes it is the most appropriate word and I will use it when I want to. Do not internet shame me. When I ask, where are you? And when you take this question to a friend or to a partner or to your journal, I am asking it in three different ways. Number one, where are you in mindfulness? Are you present or are you on autopilot? Where are you? Number two, where are you on this timeline? Are you at the beginning of something, in the middle of something, or at the end of something? And number three, where are you in the space? Where are you in the room? Where are you in the photo? How are you showing up? Now, if you're a regular listener of this show, you might be immediately picking up on some common themes, some common threads, if you will, from what I'm saying now in this episode to previous episodes some of the other things I've been talking about over the last few months, which is to say these are the things I'm working on in my life. They all bear repeating. And a lot of us, myself included, we have to learn the same lessons over and over again until it sticks. Repetition is the key to growth. Maybe not for everyone, but definitely for me. Okay, so I want to break down the three ways I am asking, where are you? The first one is mindfulness. It is the middle of the summer. You may be cooped up cabin fever style with little children. You may be in a cubicle staring wistfully outside at the beautiful day. You may even be on an awesome vacation, but you're stressed out over 400 different layers of life. I don't know. As the saying goes, wherever you go, There you are. So where are you? My default when I am stressed is to check all the way out. Wherever my body goes, my brain is hiding. The most common way for me to check out is by burying my head in my phone. I can do a mindless scroll for an embarrassing amount of time. I will also escape into reading too much, just sticking my nose in a book as a way to not engage I can decide to do something like throw a party, something that will 
keep me really busy with a bunch of sort of meaningless tasks so that I'm not sitting still and feeling my feelings or so that I'm not sitting still and looking into the eyes of someone who's trying to get my attention. If I hide or escape for long enough, and by the way, let me just say that hiding and escaping in itself is not always bad. Do not let anyone tell you that. Sometimes a period of hiding is a very necessary coping mechanism. Sometimes you just need to get through an event or a weekend or a season and you just do what you need to do. But probably about the moment you become aware that you're hiding is about the time you need to start paying attention and come back to earth. So in this first way of asking, where are you? I'm wondering if you're present, if you're wholly there while you go about your day, while you wash your hands, listen to a story, sit on the porch. Are you really there? Or is your mind somewhere else? When my anxiety is at an all-time high, the mindfulness exercise that I force myself into, that I really should attempt in every moment of my life, but let's be honest, I don't, it is that I have to be there for every movement. Now I'm walking up the stairs. Now I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. Now I'm putting on my shoes slowly. Every move is accounted for and is slow instead of rushed. My head is in sync with my body because I'm focusing it that way. So where are you right now? Are you multitasking while you listen to this podcast? Most of us do that. But take a second, press pause here if you like. Just take stock of where you are right now. What your feet feel like against the earth. If you're cold, if you're sore, if you're tired. What are all the noises you hear around you or lack of noises? Just take a second. Notice all of these things for three deep breaths. Cue the rain. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it started raining as I was taking my deep breaths, which is actually kind of calming. But tell me, has your pulse slowed a little? Do you feel just a little more peaceful? If I can do this exercise for a half hour or so, not the sitting, not in meditation, but while I'm living my life, a normal 30 minutes of cleaning the kitchen or taking a shower, it can do wonders for my spirit. It really can. I hope that you try this. I hope that you feel the same. Now, the next aspect to where are you is thinking about where you are on the timeline. I took part of this from an essay by Veronica Chambers in an anthology that I just finished called On Being 40-ish. This book was a gift my friend Kelly Gordon from the Sorta Awesome podcast. She sent it to me for my birthday. And every personal essay in this little book was good. I enjoyed it so much. It would make a really good gift. One of the early pieces is by the author Veronica Chambers, and it's called 
It's a game of two halves. The book itself is about being in your 40s, but here Chambers is talking about how there is a beginning and a middle and an end to everything we're doing. A project, an interaction, a decade, a season. And she says, it's a game of two halves. And this is the thing. No matter what happens, you can't win in the first half. Doesn't this just give you so much pause? I underlined it and sat with that line for a few minutes. She's saying that everything can be broken into two parts, and you have to go through both. And I'm really thinking of this as your day can be divided into two parts, your parenting experience, so many things. But unfortunately, and obviously we can't always know where we are on the timeline. We're not always just looking at a day. Sometimes we're looking at a life or a relationship. And we don't always know if we're at the beginning of something big or in the middle or maybe even at the end. We can't always know where we are on the timeline. But we can always assess, what can I do to make this next part better? What can I do to be able to call this a win by the end? And there are things that we can quantify or at least optimistically quantify. The middle is harder, but often we can say, okay, here I am at the beginning of this thing, or I am at the end of this part. When I was thinking about this for myself, I thought about how I'm at the beginning of a new decade of my life, and I'm in the middle of my parenting years, hopefully. I mean, I hope I'm a parent for 50 more years, but... I'm in the middle of the time when they'll live in my home. I am no longer at the beginning of parenthood. But I am in the beginning of some work projects that I have brewing. I am at the end, hopefully, of a few years of difficult personal growth. These are all positive points on my timeline, but there are other things that are out there that are harder. Where are you on your various timelines? When I was journaling about this, I just found it helpful to say it out loud. It made me feel less like I had to pretend to be competent because now I'm admitting that I'm new at something. I'm at the beginning of something. It made me feel a sense of peace to admit that I was at the end of something else. And I'm, God willing, in the middle of a lot of middles. It actually felt good to acknowledge this. This is where I am. A few pages in, Chambers goes on to write about what she has learned by attending retreats with Pima Chodron, a teacher I also have learned a lot from. Chambers writes, Pima talks about the idea of good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good at the end. It's a way of breaking down any practice to be mindful and focused with good intentions, be it the act of eating a simple meal, or working on a project with a colleague, or saying goodbye to someone who is terminally ill. You make mistakes, you hit walls, you lose your way, but you keep coming back to the practice with an open heart. You try to make it good in the beginning, maybe that doesn't work, so you try again. Good in the middle is another chance, but maybe you lose your patience or your temper and you blow it. Then try for good at the end. 
Try to end what you are doing with as much grace and generosity and warmth as you can manage toward yourself and towards others. I just love that. And again, it's from the book On Being 40-ish. I will put a link to that in the show notes if anyone's curious about that book of essays. The third way I want to ask you, where are you, is by asking, where are you in the space? Where are you in the room? Go back and listen to episode 22, When You Walk Into a Room. That's the name of that episode. And it's about walking into a a space, like literally about walking into the room. But now that you're here, where are you? Are you standing against the wall? Are you in the middle of the action? Are you speaking up? Are you staying quiet? No judgment. I just want you to notice. Where are you in the room? Where are you in the photo of that space? I want us to be in more photos. I am pro-selfie, pro-moms in the photo. Are you behind the camera usually? Are you always behind the camera? Maybe it is time to show up in the picture, to show up in the room. I think your future self will thank you for it. I think your family scrapbook will thank you for it. When history asks, where were you, you'll be able to answer because you're purposely paying attention to where you are. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.